best friends and introverts, welcome back to the You're So Quiet podcast, or welcome if you're joining us for the very first time. I say us, but it is just me in the recording closet. As always, I am your host, Chelsea Brown. If you are new here, this is a podcast by an introvert, aka me, for introverts. What do I mean by that? I mean we are talking about all the things we were thinking but didn't say during the conversation when people were like, wow, you're so quiet, and then you're like, okay, great, I'll never talk again for the rest of my life. Anywho, today we're going to be talking about friendships. What makes a really good friendship? What are some friendship red flags? How can you be a good friend? And how to guard your space and energy from people who are not good friends. But first, we are going to do our customary mental health check. We do this every single week because I don't know about you, but I kind of forget to check in with myself. I'm so busy checking on other people that I'm not checking in with myself. So check in with you, rate how you're feeling from one to five, one being horrible, five being amazing. For me, I think I'm probably between a three and a four. Good stuff first, always. First of all, I finished editing book number three. I finished all the rewrites. And honestly, I'm so glad to have that behind me. But now is kind of where the even harder part comes in, where I'm going to have to read it again. I'm going to have to write the synopsis. I'm going to have to tweak my query letter. I sent it out to a few beta readers. I'm going to see what they think. They'll probably get back to me probably next week sometime and see what they say if there's any like glaring things that I missed which is honestly entirely possible and then I'm going to polish it up and send it out to agents which is very very exciting I'm so excited to send it out I'm so excited to get good responses back so yeah that's really good Um, I'm exercising regularly always good for my mental health Um, But I'm just kind of feeling kind of weird lately, you know, like you just have days where you're just like, okay, I don't want to be a human today. Yeah, so that's how I feel today. I did some cleaning. I kind of feel like cleaning up my space is always a good, good thing to do. And it always makes me feel better. So I did some cleaning today. And I'm not sure like what else I can do. (laughs) So I'm just gonna ride it out. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's just hormones still a little crazy from getting off birth control. And uh, on that note, something else that's been really weighing on me is the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This is a, if you're not aware, this is a ruling that protected abortions and a woman's right to choose. So that was removed and the fear is that, like, this is only the beginning as someone who has had an abortion before, as someone who has known people both on both sides of the spectrum, pro-life, pro-choice, to be honest, most of the people I've spoken to that are pro-life are like, oh my god, I would never do that, but also I don't care if you do that. And that that to me is pro-choice, right? I'm not pro-abortion, I'm pro you choose whatever fits better for you. And honestly, I think it's an absolute travesty that we are here. This is ridiculous that we are in 2022 and instead of advancing as a society, we are removing rulings that protect freedoms. And we want to say that we are the greatest country in the world, but we're not, right? We are seriously, seriously slacking, especially when it comes to protecting the most vulnerable in this country. And there are a lot of states here, if you're not in the United States, 
There were states with trigger bans, which means as soon as Roe v. Wade was removed, those bans went into a into effect. And the same will be true in Texas, where I live at the end of July. So it just kind of feels like we are living in The Handmaid's Tale. And I don't know, maybe you think that that is a gross misrepresentation of the state of our country, but I would really challenge you to take a good look at what is happening and tell me that it's okay. Tell me that it's okay that we are outlawing abortions, but we are the only wealthy country in the world to not have protected parental leave, right? We are also the country that did not vote yes for the formula relief shortage, right? So people with babies right now are unable to find formula in a lot of cases, unable to feed their child. But we're like, yeah, we're going to make sure that we just bring in more children. And just to be clear, outlawing abortion does not mean that there will not be abortions. It means abortion will be very, very dangerous because a lot of people, for various different reasons, want to choose to have an abortion and now cannot do that safely in a lot of states. So, yeah, that's probably what's what is making me feel like I don't want to be a human right now. And I, I'm just... I'm incredibly disappointed in the United States at this moment. So I'm somewhere between a three and a four. Maybe you are feeling also affected by this particular ruling. I, I'm i here with you. I support you. I get it. And I'm here to listen. My DMs are open. So if you need someone to talk to, you need to scream into the void for a second, I'm here. I'm here. So check in with yourself. Make sure you do your rating. I think ratings are always very helpful for me. I don't know why, but they are. One being horrible, five being amazing. Honestly, I think it's amazing that I am not at a one. <laughs> so we're somewhere between three and four today. Next is a segment that I do every week. It's called book, TV show, or movie of the week. And typically, I do just one. Like I pick a book or a TV show or a movie and I tell you about it and I recommend it or I don't. But this week I have consumed an epic amount of content and I'm going to tell you about three of the things that I consumed this week. So the first is a book. It's called The Change by Kirsten Miller. I absolutely love this book. It is a long one. Um, I think it was between 400 and 500 pages but it was so good. It deals with the idea that women of a certain age, typically late 40s into 50s when maybe menopause might start happening, that is when societally women vanish, right? Because you aren't able to be sexualized anymore, so therefore you lose your value. And in this particular book, there are three main characters and those three women once they reach that age where they start to vanish societally, they actually develop their magical powers. And it, it was such a good book. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I highly recommend if you are looking for something very feminist. I'm really into girl power stuff lately. I said this last week, the feminism vibes, the girl power through the roof. I loved it. Loved it in this book. I would also recommend if you are a fan of magical realism, which is like a subset to fantasy, where it's like our world, but with magical elements. So that was really good for me. I highly, highly recommend that one. 
The second thing I'm going to recommend this week is a book called The Maid by Nita Prose. It is about this woman who is a maid and she finds somebody dead in their hotel room and she is then accused of murdering this person. This is like a concept that we've kind of all seen before, but I really liked this one because it had just a little bit of a different twist with the voice of the narrator. The narrator is the maid and she's someone who doesn't really pick up on social cues. It doesn't say if she's diagnosed with any form of like processing disorder, but she just doesn't pick up on social cues and does have to kind of learn and use context clues and if she's seen a certain facial expression before, that kind of thing. So this was that good because of the way that the narrator kind of takes you through the story. It also deals with the concept of an unreliable narrator, which I think is such an underutilized tool in writing. And I love it personally because I'm taking everything that the narrator says as true because this is their world and they're telling me as they see it. So as you go through the book, you're like, hmm, that doesn't really make sense. That doesn't really line up. And there is a really good payoff at the end. Trust me on this one. The Maid was a book that... I definitely should have been working, but I was reading instead. And it's not very common for me to be that obsessed with a book. Like, I'll be like, okay, I really want to read right now. I'm done with everything I have to do today. So I'll read. But with The Maid, I finished it in two days. It was amazing. It was amazing. I highly, highly recommend. Okay, so two books you need to read, The Change and The Maid. Trust me on this one. The third and final thing that I'm going to recommend this week is for the trash TV lover in all of us. I think everyone loves trash TV on some level. And I just found this, I actually saw it on Instagram and I always have like take all of the Instagram ads with a grain of salt. So yeah, this one is called The One That Got Away. It is on Amazon Prime. The whole first season is there. It is horrible. (laughs) It is horrible, but it is so good. Like, you cannot look away from this. The concept is that they bring in six people, and these six people are staying at the facility, and then the show will bring in, through something called a portal, someone from their past, like a missed opportunity. And I will tell you that there is one person that is like a model or whatever, And one of the people that comes through for her is someone she had never met, but just follows her on Instagram. (laughs) It was absolutely freaking wild. We watched the first half of the season in one night. And mind you, they are 50 minute episodes. So was I sitting there for five hours watching the show? Absolutely. It was so good so good, but like so bad. So really lower your expectations, like have your expectations on the floor, like set it where your trash TV expectations usually are, right? So yeah, do not, do not sleep on the one that got away on Amazon Prime. It is, it is atrocious, but it is trash TV at its finest. Okay, so let's get into the topic of the week with all that behind us. I have been thinking a lot lately about friendships and I'm someone who really doesn't trust people very easily or very often. 
I'm very picky with who I allow into my life because I really, really guard my space and my time and my energy. If you are an introvert and if you're listening to this, you probably are. Our energy is so, so valuable and it's such like a limited resource. So why am I going to expend it on people who are not worth that effort, right? So I've been thinking a lot about what makes a good friendship. And these are the things that I believe are like the solid foundation for a friendship. First, very, very basic. They have to make you feel good. If you leave time with them or a conversation with them or whatever, feeling drained or feeling bad about yourself or feeling guilt or whatever, that's not a good friendship, period. I don't believe in spending time with people that do not make me feel good at all. Why am I going to do that to myself? That is torture. I'm not doing that to myself. That is a bad friendship. Trash. Okay? The second foundation of a really good friendship is trust. Trust is super, super important for me because, and I don't want to be like, ooh, all Mr. Darcy or whatever, but my good opinion once lost is lost forever. He said that in in the movie, in the Pride and Prejudice movie, if you did not know. And that's kind of how I feel. When someone breaks trust with me, it is very, very hard for me to trust them again, especially now as an adult with like actual self-esteem. You know, when I was younger, I would let people walk all over me all day and thank them for it. Why would I do that? Garbage. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So now, if I can't trust you, we really don't have a basis of a friendship. Third foundation of a good friendship, you need to have good communication. You don't have to necessarily communicate in the same way, but you can't consistently be confused about like what this person wants or what this person needs from you or why they're so upset. Like if you can't communicate with your friend and be like, look, this is why I'm upset. I didn't like when you did X, Y, Z, whatever. That's not really a good friendship, right? Is that actually a friendship? Is that actually a friend? I don't think so. If I'm actually friends with someone, I need to be able to tell them like, look, this is what what's wrong and not worry that it's going to be this whole fight, you know, like, hey, you hurt my feelings. Shouldn't be like I shouldn't expect an attack coming back to me. Finally, what I think the, the final foundation of a good friendship is, is mutual respect and not violating boundaries. For example, if I tell you, look, I really don't like when people comment about what I eat or how much I eat, and you continually do that, that's freaking rude, first of all. And secondly, that's not a good friend. You know that this hurts me, but you're continuing to do it. So I need to not put up with it because I am teaching you how to treat me if I allow you to treat me poorly, right? Okay, so those four things are very, very important for me when I am evaluating a friendship and when I am honestly trying to decide if there is a basis for a true friendship or if this is just somebody that I know or somebody that I talk to. I think it's fine to just have people that you talk to, but for me, a friend is a completely different label and not really a label that I give out just freely because, again, if you don't make me feel good, if I don't trust you, if I can't communicate with you, if you don't respect me, and if I don't respect you, then, like, what are we doing, right? We can, we can be acquaintances, we can be work buddies, whatever, 
but we're not friends, right? For me, friendship is like it actually means something. And so let's get into also what I think a good friend actually is, right? Because that's the basis of a good friendship. But how, what does it mean to be a good friend for you listening or when you're evaluating if someone is a good friend to you? I think a good friend is someone who listens. I don't mean that you are constantly like dumping on your friend or they're constantly dumping on you and that makes you this really good friend. No. Okay, it's, it has to be a mutual kind of give and take. And if there is not that mutual give and take, then that's kind of a problem, right? Because that person might not be a good friend or you might not be a good friend. So if you're trying to be a good friend, listening is always a great first step. A good friend also accepts someone without conditions. So it's not like, I'm your friend because you have this thing. I'm your friend because you are friends with someone else. I am friends with you because you're dating someone. That to me is not a friendship. If, if it's not like, I'm friends with you because I like being around you, that's not a friendship. If someone is not accepting me without conditions, then that's not a friendship to me. If I, if I, I don't know, if I pay for dinner every time we go out, but one time when we go out, I don't pay, are you suddenly not friends with me? Because if that's the case, then you were never my friend. Does that make sense? A good friend is someone that is honest without being hurtful. I hear the phrase brutally honest a lot. And I heard something once that really changed my perception of that phrase. And it's that people who use the phrase brutally honest are more concerned with the brutality than the honesty. Honesty does not have to hurt. You can tell somebody the truth without hurting them. It is important to realize that when you're talking to someone, you affect them, right? You can affect how they feel. So if I'm trying to tell you, hey, you hurt my feelings, I'm not going to be like calling you names, right? That's a completely different conversation. You do not have to tell someone that they're being XYZ to tell them like, hey, you hurt my feelings. A good friend is also someone who is dependable. This is something I kind of need to work on personally because I can be very flaky. What I mean is that I'll commit to plans. I'll be like, yes, I am dying to go to that book signing with you. And then when the day comes, I'm like, oh my God, there is literally nothing that I want to do less than like go out in public and, you know, interact with people, go to this book signing, whatever. So I don't know. I don't really know what my problem is because I hate, I hate last minute plans. But if I have too long to think about it, then I'll like build up this like, ugh, I don't want to go. I don't want to go, you know? So I need to do better about that. But a good friend is someone who shows up for you, who does what they say that they're going to do. If someone does not do what they say that they're going to do, maybe they're not a good friend, right? And again, this is an aspect that I do need to work on myself. I'm good at like listening. And if you text me, I'm, I'm there. I'm on it. I'm there to listen. But showing up somewhere, we make plans and maybe like the weather's bad or, you know, like I will make every excuse in the book and not show up. Do I love that about myself? No. Do I also just choose not to make plans very often? Yes. Seems to work out. A good friend is also someone who is encouraging and lifts you up. I think that it's important to tell people the truth, 
right? If they are messing up in some area of their life, it is important to tell them the truth. Like, hey, you're not, like, this isn't right. You're not thinking about this the right way. You can do better here. But as always, there is a way to do that without beating somebody down. You can still encourage them. You can do it. You're doing great. You're doing this really, really well. And you can lift them up rather than beat them down. I've had people that I thought were my friend at the time tell me all the ways that I'm messing up as a person and like all the things that I could improve. And I'm very, very sensitive. If you don't know this, now you do. I am very sensitive. If you like even raise your voice a little bit to me, I'm crying (laughs) every time. I don't know what the problem is. I've always done it since I was a kid. And I'm sure like there's a reason for it. But are we going to talk about it? No, we're not. We're talking about the time that someone I believed was my friend was just beating me down all the time. And it felt like I could not do anything right. Is that someone that's a good friend to me? No, because at that point, I'm just a punching bag. Right? I am not a punching bag. Right? You can literally go to a gym and use a physical punching bag. You do not need to do this to me. So rude. So rude. So a good friend is someone who encourages you and lifts you up. A good friend is also someone that gives you their time. And that seems really basic, but I feel like, especially in today's day and age, it seems that finding people who will truly give you their time, who will try to spend time with you, and maybe this is just me because like, my love language or whatever, how I want to be shown love is quality time. I want people to spend time with me, which is so ironic because I have so little energy like for social interactions. But the people that I really, really hold dear are people that don't actually make me tired when I'm spending time with them. And I always want more time. So for me, a good friend for me is someone that spends time with me. So that's what I believe makes a good friendship and a good friend. So let's talk about the flip side of the coin and what are some relationship red flags. For me, the biggest, the biggest red flag is when someone only comes to me when they need something. That is not someone who is actually my friend. I am a friend of convenience for them. If they need something, I am there. If they need to vent, if they need to dump on someone like I am there and it's kind of a double-edged sword for myself because obviously I think that listening to friends is so important but if the only time I hear from you is like when you are like you just broke up with your boyfriend you need someone to like a shoulder to cry on and that's the only time I hear from you I literally never hear from you when you're going out or when you're having fun but only when you need someone to be there for you, like, that sucks. That's a red flag. And similarly, if the friendship feels one-sided, you need to listen to your intuition on this one. If you also try to go to your friend, and even if you're, like, in a social situation, right, or texting with them, and you try to tell them about something going on in your life, and somehow it really easily gets flipped around to what's going on in theirs, maybe that's a one-sided friendship. And to me, a one-sided friendship is not a friendship. Friendship requires at least two people. That's not, that's not good. That is a red flag. Next, things like never apologizing. I've had people who are, who I believed were my friend at the time, 
who really, really hurt my feelings. And when I told them, they're like, okay, and? Like, they literally did not care that my feelings were hurt. Literally did not care that they were the perpetrator behind me being hurt. So that, to me, you you don't actually care, right? If you don't care, red flag. I also think that possessiveness is a red flag. This is something that I saw a lot when I was a lot younger, like a teenager. There were friends that I had that only wanted me to be friends with them. And it was so bizarre because, like, we're friends, but why are you, like, going to my other friends and telling them that I don't want to be friends with them because you only want me to yourself? Like, that's so weird. And that, to me, is just not a healthy situation. I am no one's possession, especially in a friendship. Uh, Yeah, so that's a no for me. If you feel that you can't be yourself in a friendship, that is a red flag. If you have to change what you like, who you are, how you speak, how you dress, if you have to do those things, that's not okay. If you start being friends with someone and you start changing how you dress and you start changing your hair and you start changing how you speak, but you like want to do those things, then fine. Like do do whatever you want to do. That's fine. But if to be a friend with that person, you have to do these things, that's a red flag. Because eventually you're going to get to a point where you're like, okay, but do you actually like me? Or do you like this like character that I've created for you in this quote unquote friendship that Like, am I even a part of it or are you friends with this character that I've created for you? You know, so that to me, big red flag. If I can't be myself, then this just isn't going to work. And finally, the biggest red flag, and you really, 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 really (laughs) need to listen to yourself on this one. If you leave a conversation, you leave an interaction, you leave this person feeling bad in any way, that is a red flag. Sometimes maybe it was just a like an off interaction and that's fine. And for me, I can kind of tell when something just is off, you know, like oh, that was kind of weird, but that's not the norm, you know? If 90% of the time, 80% of the time, you leave an interaction with someone feeling bad, feeling drained, feeling sad, angry, whatever, any negative emotion, for me, big red flag. Especially because as I said, I'm very sensitive. So I like, I'll just pick up on other things. And if I leave something feeling bad, that's not someone I'm going to actually want to be around. And if I don't want to be around you, how am I going to foster a relationship with you? And honestly, why am I going to want to foster a relationship with someone that makes me feel bad? So if they make you feel bad, red flag, red flag, just, and I'm not saying if any of these red flags apply to a friendship you have, that you should drop them immediately, right? That's not at all what I'm saying. But I am saying that I think it's important to evaluate who you keep in your life and who you call a friend because friends are close to you. They do have like little pieces of yourself and it's important to protect yourself and protect your energy. So how do you do that? How do you protect yourself, protect your energy, guard your space? You need to listen to the voice in your head that says this is not right. I know someone that like we were friends, it was fine, but I just started just feeling like something isn't right, you know, like this just isn't working 
and I'm just not into it. And in the past, I would just brush it off because I had no trust in myself, right? I'm like, you know what? You are overreacting. Relax. You're being a brat. Stop it. But that's not true, right? If I am feeling weird, if something is telling me that this just isn't right, something is just a little bit off, I need to listen to that. And I need to stop teaching myself that I am not trustworthy, that I can't trust my intuition. I, so probably one of the worst traits about myself is that I make a lot of assumptions. And I'm not always right, but I'm not always wrong, right? And my assumptions are based off of this, this vibe that I'm getting from somebody. Like something just isn't fitting right. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. I don't like it. Should I stop making assumptions? Yes. You know what they say about people who make assumptions, okay? But I do think that it is important to listen to your intuition. If something inside you is saying this isn't right, it's probably not. Listen to it. Another way to guard your space and your energy is to be very selective with who you truly call a friend. And maybe this only applies to me. I don't know, or introverts or something, but I am very, very selective with who I truly call a friend. I believe that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I'm not the person who came up with that. I'm not sure who is. I cannot credit you because I do not remember, but you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you are spending time with people who, for example, whose values don't align with yours or who have a lifestyle that you don't want, or who treat people a certain way that you don't approve of, whatever, that's kind of who you are. Like we as people kind of absorb traits from other people. So be selective with who you allow into your life. And frankly, I'm kind of at a point in my life where I'm like, look, (laughs) if this isn't matching up, you're cut. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's too harsh. Maybe it's too harsh for some people. But for me, I'm just like, I only have so much energy. My energy is like at a premium. And why am I going to spend energy on people that I do not want in my average? You know, I don't know. Maybe it's harsh, but I think that it is very, very important to be selective with who you call a friend and who you allow into your life in that way. Another way to guard your space and your energy is not to tell yourself or let anyone tell you what you should do. You should be nicer. You should be less harsh. You should give them a break. Whatever. Like, it's my life. These are the people that are going to be taking up my energy, being in my space, and this is how I have to live. So why am I going to allow someone in my space if they're not contributing to the space? It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks that you should do. Period. It does not matter. This is your life. You do not have to explain to someone why they hurt you if it's an egregious offense and you're just like, look, I'm out. Just ghost, honestly. Don't let anyone tell you what you should do. You do not owe anyone anything. You are out here trying to protect yourself and protect your space, protect your energy. It's very important. And finally, the last thing that I especially have adopted to guard my space and my energy is to not accept poor treatment from anybody. Not a single soul can treat me poorly and I will accept it anymore. Again, I used to be literally a living doormat. You could walk all over me in a relationship. You could talk poorly to me. You could cheat on me. You could do whatever and I would stay. 
and I would say thank you for the opportunity. And that's ridiculous. Why would I do that to myself? I was only hurting myself. So now I do not accept poor treatment from anyone. Friends, acquaintances, family, period. I do not accept poor treatment from anybody. And this is something that I think is vitally important. Your life is your responsibility. Who do you want to allow in your space? Do you want to allow someone in your space that treats you like crap all the time, makes you feel bad all the time? People can either add to your life or they can take from it. But there's no in-between. They're adding or they are taking away. And it is your job and your responsibility to determine who is adding and who is not and act accordingly. I have a small handful of friends. But these people that I call friends are people I know that I could call on, that I know are there for me. These are not people who have treated me poorly or who continue to treat me poorly. I'm not saying you give someone the axe the second that they snap at you or they're having a bad day. That's not at all what I'm saying. But if this is a pattern of treatment over a period of time, to me, unacceptable. And as you all are my best friends, I'm telling you, it is unacceptable. You deserve so much better than someone who is not going to treat you how you deserve to be treated. And we all deserve to be treated well. We all have value. We deserve to be treated like we have value. And I am no longer accepting anybody treating me like I do not have value. Treating me poorly. And I'm not accepting it for you either. I'm telling you right now as your best friend, this is my, my honesty for you today is that if you have someone in your life who you're like, you know, we've just been friends for a long time or we have history or whatever, but they really don't make me feel good, cut it off, okay? <laughs> Maybe it sounds harsh and you don't have to, it, like it doesn't have to be this dramatic thing. I think the way that I'm saying it makes it sound like it has to be this big dramatic blowout thing. It doesn't. There are people that I have simply stopped talking to. I have simply stopped putting my energy toward those people. I do not expect anything from them. And I can tell you with complete certainty that I am so much happier as a person when I don't have these emotional vampires in my life sucking my very limited introvert energy. And I'm certain that if you kind of adopt some of these things that we've talked about today, if you internalize what it means to be a good friend, if you internalize what makes the foundation of a good friendship, if you also internalize what are some relationship red flags and what do I need to avoid and how can I protect myself, if you internalize all of that and act accordingly, I can guarantee you that your life will be 100% happier and 100% better. And so on that note, we are about at the end of our time together this week. I just want to take a second and thank you guys for joining me every week. I love talking to you and I love having these little rants in my closet. I don't know. I talk to myself anyway, so may as well just put it out there for the world, right? If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify. You can actually do both. You can also follow the podcast Instagram at your so quiet pod, Y-O-U-R-E, so quiet pod. I post stories there almost every day. I allow you guys to kind of participate in the episodes and 
maybe, just maybe, a participation episode is coming up here soon. That is all for now. I love you guys so much. Okay, love you. Bye.